I'm Chara Santilli. I was born with ambition. My parents were entrepreneurs and I pushed myself to be high school valedictorian, class president, most artistic, and most likely to succeed. The summer I turned 19, we celebrated my dad's 50th birthday with a hot air balloon ride. A crash landing left him with a broken neck, me with a broken heart, and my mom coping through alcohol. My relentless ambition helped me become a successful entrepreneur, yet my own private paralysis and overachiever addiction ruled me. I finally ventured on a quest for my best life. I found the path of my inner peace, how to stay on it and how to show the way for others. Now it's your turn. Ready to take that load off your shoulders? Join me so you can cherish your life. Today I'm talking about filling up your energy tank before you feel depleted. You know, before you're running on empty, before you hit burnout. I have been there so many times in the past. It's like head down zone, definitely not paying attention to my body's fuel gauge. Focused and super intense on my goals and the zillion tasks I'd pile into each day. Working many nights and weekends, and then suddenly after weeks or months, totally depleted. Then it would take weeks or months to replenish. And if I'm really honest with you, at one point in my life, uh, I got so depleted that it took me some years to replenish. Once I hit my 40s, a few days of rest just didn't cut it to try to recover from working hard for a while. In fact, the year between my 40th and 41st birthdays, I jumped into one of our businesses that previously I was just on the edges of. I wasn't involved in the day-to-day before that, but it suddenly became very short-staffed and I jumped in to help while I was also running another business. Oh, and for some reason during that time, I suddenly decided I wanted, well, not really wanted to. I think it was more like I felt I should or needed to cook more, not less. (laughs) And I don't even love to cook. So it wasn't like I was doing this as a stress-relieving fun thing for me. I started ordering meals from services that were planned out, so that was nice aspect, yet everything still had to be cut and prepped and cooked, and it just, looking back, I mean, I was just plowing through those days and those evenings, just running on adrenaline and just pushing, pushing, pushing. I think I was trying to prove something to myself, that I could juggle all of this and I wasn't going to hold, you know, go back to old patterns somehow that... I could manage and that I was putting in effort everywhere. So it was all okay. Look, I'm being rounded out here, even though I'm not really resting. There's no exercise in the mix, no stretching going nonstop. It was like, no problem. It's all going to be intense for a little while, but then it'll be fine. But I did not set up boundaries. I really did not manage my energy. I did not delegate enough. I did not ask for enough help. I did not slow down to take a break. I just powered through and I convinced myself that this was short term and it had been a number of years since I put in those kind of hours. So I remember even telling my therapist and telling a few friends that the old can do power through it girl was back, but just for a bit, not for too long. It'll be okay. What I thought was only going to be a few months turned into a solid year, averaging 80 plus hours a week. In fact, sometimes I got close to or maybe even tipped over 100 hours. I had certainly taken care of business, 
but I didn't take care of myself. I did not stop to fill up my tank and I really wasn't okay. At the end of this intense period, I was still going on adrenaline, not really wanting to admit the state that my body and that I was in. I remember I went back to the gym to start up spin classes again. Like I was like, oh, I can just get back into a routine. It's all going to be good. But since I hadn't done any exercise that year, I strained a muscle in my leg and that took many months to heal. I finally couldn't ignore that I really had hit a wall. My energy was zero. My sensory capacity became super limited. I couldn't handle music playing around me unless it was soft and mellow, you know, more instrumental and not even that very much. I couldn't handle conversations about anything that required much thinking or creativity or imagination. Even a conversation with my husband about dreams of future landscaping ideas for a new home would make me feel overwhelmed. I mean, imagine that. Since then, I've studied some neuroscience and looking back, I can see that the left side of my brain, where my analytical and logical worker bee is, plus my reactive fear center over there, had completely taken control. And they went to an extreme and kept me so busy trying to establish and maintain so much structure and order that the right side really got drowned out and overpowered. Now, it's not that those traits of being analytical or logical or watching out for dangers are bad. That's all good stuff. It's just that when it's taken to the extreme, especially for a long period of time, that's when physical and emotional system can get really out of balance. And mine sure did. Here's a a little note about the brain, by the way. It's not split. When I say left and right side, I'm kind of just breaking things down simply for conversation here. But it's also not split the way that I learned long ago when I was a kid. It's not split left side equals rational and right side equals emotional. It turns out both sides have both thinking tissue and emotional tissue. Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor outlines this in her latest book, Whole Brain Living. It came out in 2021. This is actually her second book. You may have heard of her from her first book called Stroke of Insight or her TED Talk, which was in 2008 and was the very first TED Talk to ever go viral. She is a neuroanatomist and she suffered a stroke years ago that made the entire left side of her brain go offline. She suffered the stroke while she was a neuroanatomist and she actually got to watch the left side of her brain totally go offline and shut down from her perspective as a neuroanatomist. She said it was just pretty fascinating for her. And it took her about eight years to get it to go back online and a lot of effort to do so. But to hear her talk about what it was like to only be existing with the use of her right side of her brain She said she was in pure bliss and she felt expansive and there was no worry and anxiety and all those things. The way she describes it, it sounds like a lovely, euphoric sort of um, just bliss was the word that I remember her using. And yet she couldn't communicate and she couldn't quite grasp, you know, get a handle on where her body started and stopped because those are some things that rely on the left side of the brain. So she did make an effort and get her whole brain back online. But in the second book, I have it here in front of me. I want to read you a couple things. There's a section here. She says, how your four characters think and feel. She breaks down the characters in your brain as the left thinking character, the right thinking character, left emotional character, right emotional character. And it's it's really a fantastic book. I highly recommend it. And I'm 
I'll probably do a whole episode on it in the future. But for today, I just want to read a few things. The left side thinking character, that's, you know, it thinks linearly, it's past and future based, it's analytical, focuses on details, it's very judgmental, can be very fixed, busy, structure, order, versus the right thinking character thinks experientially, present, moment based, compassionate, flexible, resilient, open to possibilities, available. It's about fluidity and flow. The left emotional character, is constricted and rigid and cautious and has doubts and makes things right and wrong or good or bad. The right emotional character is expansive, open, trusts, goes with the flow, is creative, innovative, puts things into context. So I found it really interesting to look back at this time when I got so burnt out from this perspective of looking at, huh, what happened with my brain? Because going to a place where my sensory capacity was limited was the first time that ever happened to me. And I think I understand it more now. So at this time, I got some tests done and I found my adrenals were totally shot. And all the good neurotransmitters in my body, like GABA and serotonin, all those good stuff, all of that was wiped out. I went on a ton of supplements to rebalance my system. And I really took time to listen to my body. After what I put it through, it kind of gave me no choice. It felt to me like some systems were really just not fully functioning for a while. I also sought out extra support through coaching and therapy during that time, and I learned to speak up more to get my needs met. For example, I would need to make requests and and express what was going on with me to my husband so he'd understand why the music was bothering me or why I kind of looked overloaded when we were having a very simple, lighthearted conversation, but I just was so burnt out. And it honestly, it took over a year to feel like my system had recovered. Maybe you felt depleted to some degree before, maybe not all the way to what I was describing, or maybe, or maybe even worse, or maybe you feel that way now. Maybe you're worried you're on the verge of burnout. One of the things that needs to happen is you've got to have some breathing room in your life, in your days. You need some white space in your schedule. Otherwise, Picture it like this. You're just continuing to loop around a racetrack and you're not slowing down to make any pit stops, to service the vehicle, take care of yourself, fill up your tank. You're just going round in circles. So how do you create some breathing room before you're up against the wall like I was? You have to make a commitment to yourself. You probably need to start saying no to some things and saying yes to self-care. Yet, I totally get it. It's not easy to just flip that switch. I'd like to do a little visualization with you right now. If you can safely close your eyes, please do that. If not, if you're driving or whatever, then please don't. Just listen or come back to me later. Take a few deep breaths and drop your shoulders. Focus on your belly or your chest, moving in and out with each breath. Really sink into your seat. Let's assume you Don't let yourself become fully depleted. Let's jump into the future and imagine what a scene in the future would look like if you took care of your own energy tank and you were totally in a great space. How would you look then? Picture a scene. What would you be wearing? Where would you be? What's around you? Remember, you're not burnt out. You totally, like you fast forwarded, you figured out how to get to this place 
and not burn yourself out and you're in an awesome state. So picture that. Now imagine you could pop into that scene and actually talk with this future version of you and ask her, him, or them, what should you do to create something like that outcome? What is one thing you can do right now to start filling up your tank and make sure you never let it get depleted? Say you want what you see they've got there. You want that. How do you get there? Ask them right now. What does he or she or they say back? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? What do they say? Now slowly open your eyes and take a few more deep breaths and feel your chest or your belly go in and out. Check in with your shoulders. Look around you. Write down whatever came to mind as the answer to your question. Maybe it's crystal clear. Maybe it isn't. Maybe you have no idea what to do next. Maybe nothing came to mind. Or maybe you're just too scared to even think about what popped in your head. Maybe it sounds too lofty and too hard to imagine doing. Or maybe you just don't think you're ready. I've been there. I remember doing visualizations and feeling like my mind was blank. And I remember having a little gut thought of something, but I was really too scared to admit it. And I remember really wanting to do something, but just scared to death of what it would mean if I did that or stopped doing something and scared to death of what it mean if I stopped doing that. So I know what you might be feeling right now, although our lives are different from one another. And just know you're not alone. I do have a free training that might support you. It's called Your First Step to Better Life Balance. And it includes a simple exercise that it's not time consuming, yet it's really powerful. And it'll help you start to gain awareness around some of the things that are draining your energy tank. You may think you know all those things, you know what they are. But I'm willing to bet that you might be surprised at a lot of the things that are draining you more than you realize. You can go get instant access right now if you want at cherisyourlife.com forward slash free training. My closing quote for today is from the book I mentioned earlier, Whole Brain Living by Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. You are not bound to your old programming. Many of us have been running on automatic for such a long time that our health and well-being may have suffered. We have more power over what is going on inside of our brain than we were ever taught. I hope you're enjoying my Cherish Your Life podcast. If this is supporting you in any way, please review, subscribe, and share it with friends and family. You can follow me on social media at Cherish Your Life, and my website is cherishyourlife.com. Yep, my name's unique. Here's an easy tip for you to pronounce and spell it. It's like the city, Paris, but with a CH. Special thanks to my dear friend, Paul Suyelgis, who enhanced and mixed the musical track. Little did we know back in college in the 90s, while my then boyfriend, now husband, and I listened to Paul riff on his guitar, that he'd be helping me decades later give a creative touch to something called a podcast.